0: Got a special bonus episode this week, uh, looking at No Mercy from 2005, and along with me, as always, the heel to my baby face, the brain to my gorilla, the Eddie to my Batista. It is Steven Davidson. How are you doing today?
1: Taking it a day at a time, hoping to get away from my email for a little bit, talk about some wrestling
0: yeah email chases you, man. It does technology in general just it's it that's that's the problem in today's world. You cannot get away. remember when we were younger, it was just like just take the phone, put it off the hook. No one could bother you <laughs> unless they wanted to yeah. physically come to your house. <laughs> but exactly. now there's exactly. a thousand which ways. happened
1: to me <laughs> that <laughs> happened to me i swear to you this has nothing to do with wrestling but i'm going to tell this story right now because All you right. brought it up I, I you know i teach math and so i was always good at math and uh, it was during a pay-per-view so actually it does have a little bit to do with wrestling and okay. i think you were probably at my house along with our other friends that always came over to my house to watch pay-per-views and there was uh it was beware of dog that's what it was it was i even not remember which pay-per-view there was a uh, uh, my, my the doorbell went off and it was two people from our school who just dropped by to get tutoring on math from ah. me just didn't announce it just came by like who do you think I am <laughs> and who do you think you are by the way <laughs> this... one of them one of them Tim was our valedictorian wow uh huh. Wow. So the people listening know who that is.
0: Wow. Our um, friends, yes. This, of course, uh, definitively cements the fact that we were nerds in high school, <laughs> and that's what we were looked at as like those are the smart guys. Let's go get some tutoring. Jeez, um, that's like my senior superlative getting voted most studious. It's like if you guys only knew how much i did not study in high school
1: (laughs) i actually got the same thing i got the same thing but we don't want you to put your technology down we want you to keep your technology up and download our shows and listen to us
0: um you love it you're supposed to love it everyone that's right um stay connected at least to us tune the rest of the world out Mm -hmm. but tune in To Positively Wrestling. And uh, like I say, this week it's uh, No Mercy from 2005. Uh, This emanated from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas on October 9th, 2005. And uh, this was a fun, fun pay-per-view, but also kind of bittersweet in retrospect. Uh, Because as we said on the show um, in previous episodes, this was the last pay-per-view for Eddie Guerrero uh, before he was uh tragically taken from us um so uh yeah bittersweet going back and watching this but i did have a lot of fun with it um let's just jump right in of course didn't get i didn't get to re-watch this because i didn't go back and try to find it on heat there was a pre-show match on heat because this is back when heat would be on tv before uh pay-per-views and it was paul burchell and william regal defeating brian kendrick and paul london in a tag team Match, hmm. I do not remember watching that match, so I, I can't speak to it at all. <laughs> I didn't remember watching a lot of the matches on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I like uh, I liked Kendrick and London, and I've always been a Regal fan, so I imagine this is probably a decent match. But and, and
1: Kendrick's one of those that's still going,
0: yeah. I mean, talk about some longevity there, yeah.
1: There are a number of people on this show that are still
0: around, yes um moving into the first uh match of the actual show we had uh christy hemi and legion of doom which at the time was animal and heidenreich um of course hawk had already passed on so mm-hmm. um but they took on m M&M, and um and that was joey mercury johnny nitro and melina Of course, and- johnny
1: nitro we now know better as John Morrison. That's right. Who is also still around.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Melina, we just saw on Legends Night. uh, Well, depending on when you're listening to this. uh, Could have been recent. Could have been several weeks ago. Um, But yeah. And there have been a lot of rumors about her possibly coming back to the company in a more substantial role. Uh, But that remains to be seen. Who knows if that'll ever happen? Maybe it already has by the time you've heard this. Who knows? Um, but this match she, was uh, and,
1: and here here as well. She she had a great look and she was definitely an above average wrestler for the time. I think she was a great wrestler in the women's yes. division. I think right now today she would be good enough, right? Not not top tier, but good enough to to be in there and to look good and to to help out the division a little bit. Um, she. <laughs> She was probably best known for her ring entrance.
0: Yeah, um hey, we're not going to BS you here. I mean, this is back still when they, you know, sex was still kind of selling um we, even though they were kind of in the PG era at this point. Kind of getting it, there. Yeah. They were I'm getting there, but they were still pushing the, the the limit a little bit. Um yeah, that entrance. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'll say is, wow, if you if you do not know what we're talking about, if you were unfamiliar, if you're a new wrestling fan, go back and check it out. It's it's incredible. Um, I couldn't do it. Nope. Nope. Me neither. <laughs> never.
1: There would never been a day. There never even be a day in my
0: life. Even if I could. If pull it off. I wouldn't be able to stand up afterwards. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Maybe I could, maybe I could do it, but yeah. only once, once. <laughs> and yeah. then, and then I'd be like McMahon at the end of the Royal rumble when he tore both his quads, just <laughs> uh-huh. there yeah. yelling at people from a seated position. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, the match, it was, it was okay. It was a match. It was an all right match. Went about six and a half minutes? Uh, we got the finish when uh, Christy Hemi, uh, did the doomsday device with Animal um, to... Uh, was it Melina? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. to Melina. And then they pick up the victory. Uh, big celebration. And the cool thing, uh, in retrospect, as we talk about technology, was that after the match, they made the big deal about them going and doing the online interview. Yeah. In the backstage, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Animal... Okay. Animal was not looking good here.
1: No. Uh, you could you could tell that his his best days were long behind him. And John Heidenreich just never caught on. No. He never got over. In fact, there were a number of people in this era that they were new, and they just never caught on and never got over. And we'll see at least a, a couple more of them as we – we'll talk about a couple more of them as we go throughout this card. But um, he was one of them, and he just – I don't know. I – I think a lot of people would say he had a good look, but honestly, uh, yeah, he was big and he had muscles, but honestly, I didn't, I didn't really care for his look either. I didn't like the hair thing he had going on. Mm -hmm. I thought he looked old, even though he wasn't old. (laughs) And uh, Yeah. I I wasn't a big fan of this version of the Legion of doom. I think once Hawk was gone, that kind of just should have been it. Like if animal wanted to do singles and, and whatnot, fine, but I don't know. I didn't care for this this version of the Legion of Doom.
0: Yeah. And that would have been maybe a little bit more okay if they had just not called them Legion of Doom, gave them yeah. a different name. Yeah. You know, Christy um, Hemme,
1: we, we talked about Melina having a good look. Um, Christy Hemme only had a good look. <laughs> like that was all she had. She, she, in the ring, she, she even had trouble pinning Melina after they hit <laughs> the Doomsday device. She was on her stomach. Taz was actually saying on commentary, Turner, Turn her over. <laughs> it reminded me of Kamala when Kamala would try to pin his opponents when they were on their stomach. But that was a gimmick. Yes. <laughs> this was legit. She was trying to pin her on her stomach. Uh yeah, my my jaw dropped at that. <laughs> and uh, she almost killed them both with a hurricane rana.
0: That's true. That's it true. Was, that was kind of scary.
1: Yeah. Hemi's Hemi has her spot, but it's not in the ring.
0: Yeah. Um I think a lot of the same can be said with her TNA run as well. Mm-hmm. Uh she was better as basically uh a an interview and a mouthpiece yeah. uh as opposed to being an in-ring performer. Yeah. Um but uh next match so speaking of people that current current mm-hmm. champion, yeah. My man Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley um taking on Simon D. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of characters that did will uh, just never catch on <laughs> that would you know simon what dean. though i liked it you liked simon dean
1: i did it was so 80s it just was it felt so 80s to me he was like the music yes um he just embraced it like he didn't even try to be subtle about the fact that he saw himself as better than everybody else, just because he was in shape. He got on the mic here and he said, well, fatties talking to the crowd. Like, yep. there, there was no subtlety to that at all. I laughed out loud. Like he wasn't trying to be clever. He just outright called everyone fatties. Yep. And uh, he was used basically as enhancement talent.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he, he didn't win matches except when he was against other enhancement talent. Uh, dude could actually wrestle he was nova in ecw yeah and and he could really go uh but that's not what they used him for but he he i i thought it was a fun silly fun gimmick
0: yeah and it was a enemies a very quick match it was two minutes um yeah. but which i mean you look at i mean you look at bobby lashley now and you're like man what a mountain of a man but he looks even bigger back then when he was younger and it's just like geez <laughs> and, and this
1: was his first pay-per-view yeah his pay-per-view and, debut he tried to do a cool spot by the way he was still using the dominator yes and uh, he tried to do a cool spot where uh uh simon dean was holding on to the bottom rope and he grabbed him by his ankles and just slung him up onto his shoulder to catch him straight into the dominator but he lost his balance and he fell and it didn't quite work yeah. but you know whatever that happens
0: uh it was a cool idea if ah if it had worked it would have been really really sick it's almost like he was too strong cuz it's like he did it too hard and he just flung him Knocked but yeah it would have been so yeah. awesome had yeah. he pulled it off um but of course Bobby Lashley wins via the dominator um uh, the caveat being that Simon Dean will have to eat what was it 50 hamburgers or 20 hamburgers. Yeah, a bunch of
1: cheeseburgers or something. Yeah, I don't remember what the number was. But, yeah, he brought them to the ring with him. And he said if he lost, he would eat the whole plate of them. And so that was kind of a running gag throughout the rest of the show.
0: Yes, we get a a bunch of uh, vignettes backstage where Bobby is making him eat them all. It's kind of funny. Um, Next match, uh, Fatal 4-Way match, WWE United States Championship on the line. Champion at the time, Chris Benoit. Say the name, get it out there. Um, taking on Booker T with Charmel, Christian, and Orlando Jordan. Um, this is a good match. I liked this
1: match. I, I, yeah, I thought it was either it for me. It was in the running for for match of the night. Worst mm-hmm. case, second match of the night.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. Match of the night. Yeah. Um, great back and forth. Everybody getting in their spots uh didn't overstay its welcome. It was 10 and a half minutes long. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a particularly long match. Um but like I say it was just really, really good, very well paced. Uh Chris Benoit picks up the victory uh getting the submission on was it Jordan? I, uh no, it's Christian. Christian. Get it, it gets yeah. Christian to tap out. Um yeah. So I mean it's hard, it's hard to bring up the name of Chris Benoit without obviously bringing up the incident which i'm not going to go into it because i don't want to give it any more attention than it is already garnered uh but you can look it up it was bad there's a reason that benoit was basically scrubbed from wwe for many many years um but I, I, yeah i think everybody knows and you know we're we're He's going to
1: be mentioned on on these shows that we do because he, I mean, he was in these matches, and so, um,
0: and I mean, and and you again take all that out. He was a fantastic wrestler, a great Mm -hmm. technician. I cannot denounce his talent. No, nobody can in the squared circle. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the time, man, he was hot. I mean, he was one of the hottest properties in in the company. Well, and again, there were three other
1: three other people in this match too. Yeah, and we don't want to discount their work or ignore no. their contribution here. Booker uh, T. Yeah, Orlando Jordan was another one of those that never got over, and yeah. never amounted to anything. Good athlete, but I, I, for me, I just thought he had zero charisma, just no presence at all once he stepped out there.
0: Yeah, I don't think he really found his char- the 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 footing for his charisma until he left WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got a little bit of that. Uh, in tna it served him a lot better yeah um but yeah i thought he was a good hand in the ring he was very talented um yeah. just again just never drew me in with his promos or his character to where i was i cared you know yeah. um, um and I, then something
1: i liked when
0: now benoit won this
1: with a sharpshooter a correctly yes. applied sharpshooter by yes the way, uh, <laughs> rock <laughs> um, rock, yeah rock had the worst sharpshooter uh natalia doesn't do it correctly uh most people don't do it correctly but benoit did it correctly uh but there was a spot where he was trying to get christian in the cross face and i loved it because there was a real a visible struggle where they were just trying to f- he was trying to force christian into it and christian was trying to st- to, to push his way out of it. And it was just two people struggling
0: mm-hmm. for, you know,
1: a number of seconds. And you don't see that a lot. Usually moves are just slapped on and there's there's very little resistance until it's already on. But we were getting resistance here before the move was applied. And it's those little things that make matches feel believable and real and and stand out. And uh, we saw stuff like that. I mean, that was probably the standout spot for me, but we, we saw
0: just it felt real from the beginning to the end yes um and i mean christian another one the longevity of his career uh a hall of fame career for sure but i I, booker t I, i gotta come back to booker t because he had charmel here and they were so good together uh when they played off of each other uh which is good since it's his wife um <laughs> yes, but... <laughs> yes. good that they had chemistry yes very good that they had chemistry um and the crowd was was into booker t even though he was kind of portrayed a little bit as a heel but uh the crowd was into him yeah and i i think at the time i was pulling for booker t back when um But, uh, yeah, a lot of the crowd seemed to be in his corner. But, yeah, this is a great match. Uh, A lot of great real moments, um, as we say, not vacuum wrestling. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, But, yeah. A little odd thing for me after the match where Booker was a face at the time. Charmel was kind of heelish, and she was yelling at Booker for not winning the match and saying that uh, Benoit isn't Booker's friend and Benoit made Booker lose. And so she's berating him there right next to the ring in front of the whole crowd. And then, and that's fine. But what got me is that after she finished, they played Booker's music. (laughs) (laughs) Believe me, he did not feel like a winner in that moment. Why are you playing
0: his music? of like the sound guy in the back's like man she shouldn't like he he doesn't get it He he's not in on the on the gag he's a replacement sound guy he thinks everything's real so he's like man he shouldn't have to put up with that i just got divorced i know how that feels i'm gonna play that dude's music <laughs> i want him <laughs> to feel good coming to the back <laughs> it was so weird it was very odd yeah that stuck out to me uh coming up next uh Little singles match action. Hardcore Holly versus Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> one of, nice. I, I loved Mr. Kennedy. He was one of my favorites. Very um, disappointed that his career did not reach the heights that I thought it could in WWE. Yeah, There's been a lot of stories as to why that may have been depending on what's true and what's not. Um, But (laughs) excuse me here. uh, He takes on hardcore Holly. They had a little feud going back and forth. This was um, Kennedy's first pay-per-view.
1: It was, it was also Kennedy's first pay-per-view.
0: Yes. Uh, And he ends up picking up the victory against uh, hardcore Holly. And, and this is at a time hardcore Holly was kind of the measuring stick. And he always was back in those days. He was kind of the entry guy. Mm-hmm. um if you couldn't go in there and get a good match with hardcore or you couldn't deal with what came in a match with hardcore holly you weren't gonna cut it you weren't yeah. gonna make it <laughs>
1: um yeah. and holly truly thought he was the best wrestler in the world yes but like, without a doubt he really he really thought he was uh yeah you know we've heard stories of of them asking what he wanted Uh, what he thought they should do with him and his character and he his response was give me the belt and let me beat everybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right right. it's like calm Uh, down spark plug (laughs) okay we're not gonna do that (laughs) Uh, um uh, i noticed something and i thought of you tim okay the match started with holly slingshotting kennedy to the inside <laughs> you are right. You, you called right. out Hogan doing it to Mr. Perfect in the You're 1990 right. rumble. And that's how this match started. You're very right. That did happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But it, Holly Holly was good, but you know, there were moments. Like he 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 had Kennedy up on his shoulder like he's gonna snake eyes him on the turnbuckle or across the rope. Um, but I guess he just didn't know where he was, and so he let him go before he reached the rope and he just dropped him to the mat. <laughs> 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 just, just dropped him. <laughs> um he completely no sold a spin kick from kennedy just acted like it didn't happen yeah um so there were there were little moments in here i thought kennedy was great on the mic i thought he was good or very good in the ring what i noticed the longer he was around is that he wasn't doing anything new right right at the beginning he was one of my favorites too um i was at wrestlemania when he won money in the bank and I I was cheering for him. I was excited about that, but just the longer he was around, it was the same thing every time Uh, in the ring on the mic too. But I mean, whatever, that's a lot of people when, when something gets over on the mic, you repeat it, but he wasn't doing anything new in the ring. And I was starting to get a little bored with him.
0: Uh, Ah, I have a a little side story about Mr. Kennedy, of course, Um, Mr. Ken Anderson. Um, When I was working for GameStop a number of years ago, we uh, would do a every year advertising. Huh? Are they advertising on our show? Oh, GameStop where you can get used games at uh, somewhat reasonable prices. Um... (laughs) And that's why you're not working there. And that's why I don't work there anymore. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But uh, every year they would have a manager's convention and basically what this would be, it'd be like an E3, but just for the management of GameStop and the executives and we went down to Texas, big convention center. Um, and like I got to meet Reggie Fisa May from Nintendo, like the big wigs, and like they, they go all out. You get free swag, you get to try out. We got to play at the time. Uh, this was the 360 had come out, but the PS3 and the Wii had not yet. So we got to check those out and play those a long time before they released. Um, And they had like Alien Ant Farm was there to give a private concert to us in this big ballroom where you just went in and checked it out. And like, I went in there. Come see us Murder Smooth Criminal Live. Yes, basically. Um, And (laughs) they had, uh, because WWE and their yearly games that they were having at the time. And I can't remember exactly which game i think it was one of the smackdown versus raws um but they had mr kennedy there signing autographs and, and they're doing a meet and greet and so i was like well hell yeah i'm gonna go check that out so i go mm-hmm. wait in line for a few minutes and i guess not a, a big contingency of gamestop employees were big wrestling fans at the time yeah, it's I a guess. video
1: game con not a wrestling con
0: yeah so he didn't have a huge line, but it also, the way they had it set up, it was like, everything was going on at the same time. So you just kind of floated into what you want to do for like four hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I ended up sitting there getting an autograph and talking to him for like 30 minutes, nice. <laughs> just, just chatting and super nice guy. You could tell he was like, why am I here? <laughs> why yeah. did I get picked to come and do this? And well, I, I mean. think, I think, uh, I think it kind of, Elated him a little bit that someone who knew wrestling and was an actual fan was there, uh, chat right. him up. So that was right. just that, just a, a quick, well, not even really a quick one, but a side story there, uh, where I got to meet yeah. Mr. Kennedy. Um, but yeah, he picks up the win At- against Hardcore Holly here mm-hmm. in this match. Uh, There's about nine post-match minutes long. Attack. Post match attack by Sylvain
1: Grenier. Oh, yeah, that's on, right. On Bob Holly as well from La Resistance. Another one that didn't catch on. La Resistance had. Two, at first, it was Sylvain, Grenier, and Rene Dupree. And then mm-hmm. Sylvain stepped out and was replaced by Rob Conway. Um, and and none of them really became much of anything. I thought Dupree was the best of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, he did have a little bit of a feud with John Cena. He he did a little more, but just more of the talent from the mid-2000s that uh, just never, never caught on and never moved on to anything big. I-
0: and La Resistance, I'm just astounded wasn't more popular, especially with how popular the South Park movie was. I mean, honestly. Hi, awesome. yes. <laughs> they have nothing to do with each other. I'm just throwing color in. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, next match. It's always good to explain your jokes. Well, yes. Uh, otherwise, no one will get them. Uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL, with Jillian Hall. Um, taking on Rey Mysterio in a singles match. Um, classic David versus Goliath in this match, as yeah. usual. Rey and, and, and an Ultimate face
1: versus ultimate heel.
0: Yep. Um, play their parts very well. Jillian as the advisor. Um, it fills her role very, very well as well. Um, the spot where Rey's going to jump on him on the outside. And I, this actually was a funny spot and caught my eye. So JBL's thrown to the outside and Ray's going to do the dive out to him. And JBL pulls Jillian in front of him to stop it. And then he lets her go and he just kind of staggers off to the right. So Ray just bulldogs him to the, to the mat. And I was like, did you forget there was a match going on JBL? <laughs> you do? Oh, there was a girl in front of me. Oh, 10 minute timeout. No more, no more wrestling for a while. I'm safe. And I'm like, come on. That just, that stuck out to me, but, um, of course, JBL picks up the the, the win here against Ray. Um, and um uh, it's a decent match. With Went the about- clothesline,
1: it was a, yeah, it was a decent match. The clothesline from hell is a perfect example of not having to come up with something crazy as a finish to make it believable and to get it over. It was a clothesline. Yeah. That's it. But he just did it better than everybody else.
0: Yeah, it may look like. I bought it. Oh yeah, it made it look like he would just take your head completely off your body with the force that yeah. he puts behind it.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. You don't need to come up with something that's never been done before. You just need to do what you do well.
0: Yes. Conversely, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick on somebody who who we like a lot, which is Christian. I never liked the finish. I didn't like his finish. The uh, the kill. The unprettier or the unprettier, whatever you want to call yeah. it, depending on where he was. Right. It just. It didn't make a lot of sense because it's like, how would you ever hit that on anyone unless they were already unconscious?
1: <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> oh, it was my. a little contrived. I, yes. I agree, a little contrived.
0: When you yeah. when it was done right, it looked it was a cool visual, but it right, just, it didn't do a lot for me as a move in general because it was just kind of out there and it just didn't make sense. You would ever hit that on somebody, ever. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah just uh just uh throwing back to a little gripe there but um but yeah and uh, this is uh jillian hall before she had the mess on her face that eventually the boogeyman ate no 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 she had it oh did she, she, she it. have it did i just i just wasn't paying attention yeah um,
1: yeah that was stupid not, not you not paying attention just that whole stupid yeah that whole thing on was her face saying just... that was stupid and then the boogeyman ate it off like yes. it's so ridiculous that was like, so silly
0: Ooh, you not in a good way. Sometimes a gummy silly can worm be good. on your face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Um, Undertaker taking on Randy Orton and Bob Orton uh, in a casket oh match, handicap casket match. Uh, this is the longest match on the card. Um, went 19 minutes, 16 seconds. Um, and one thing I know is not one match on this card goes more than 20 minutes. It's also something I just wanted to throw out yeah. there. Um, when you have it, yeah. Your storylines and your matches down right, they don't have to go incredible amounts of time to be entertaining and get the job done. Mm-mm. So, no. Uh, this was played perfectly uh, as far as you know the Ortons being the the heels pulling out all the heel tactics, and of course the Undertaker's the Undertaker. I was, and I had kind of forgotten this match, at least how it went down. So I was a little surprised when the Ortons won. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about this. Um, they did, and uh, then at the end, of course, there was Randy taking the the axe or the hammer to the casket, just smashing it mm-hmm. to bits. And I think and then.
1: Said And then what does he do? What he always does, right? Yeah. He sets sets it on on fire. fire. He's been been doing this his whole career. (laughs) Just setting stuff on fire. He's
0: a pyromaniac.
1: That's his (laughs) go-to. He is. He is. I don't like like handicap matches, and I don't like casket matches. So here we had a handicap casket match, which is definitely not up my alley. But as far as these things go, it was all right. Um, Cowboy Bob Borton, man, he was taking flatbacks. He was bumping. He was 55 years old here. Yeah. And he was in there doing what he could do. They did a double superplex. Um, Cowboy Bob Borton helped make the superplex famous. He, he wasn't the first to do it, but he was one of the first to do it on a national scale. Um, I think dynamite kid was the first to do it,
0: hmm.
1: but, uh, yeah. So it, he used it as a finisher and, uh, so doing it here with his son was probably a pretty cool moment for him um i did think the match was largely kind of slow and and plotting and there was a bs rule here by the (laughs) way so bob was outside the casket and at one point randy and undertaker were both inside the casket that should have ended it
0: that's true
1: because under yeah undertaker was in the casket.
0: They and never the, said that he couldn't be in there with somebody else. That's true. That's true. So, yeah, a little, little detail kind of went through the cracks. I didn't think about that, apparently. Um, but well, they yeah. caught it on commentary. I just thought it was stupid.
1: <laughs> they pointed it out. So, yeah. And yeah. So Orton sets the casket on fire. And of course, you know, we, we never saw The Undertaker again.
0: Yeah. No, he was gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. We didn't get 16 more years of The Undertaker um (laughs) but um yeah so uh again told the story you're right it was a little slow but i mean i was entertained um and you're right i mean bob bumping it the whole time and i didn't realize that he helped uh basically not i guess invent or popularize the superplex i was unaware of that yeah
1: that was his move
0: that is very cool um Coming up next, we had back-to-back title matches to round out the night. Uh, the first one of those is the cruiserweight championship, and you had Juventude with Psychosis and Super Crazy uh, going up against Nunzio and Vito, or with Vito. Um, and with Vito. Hoo- yeah, Hoventude picks up the win here against Nunzio. Um, this would be and wins the title and wins the title. Yes, because um, Nunzio did go in as champ. Um, yes, and yeah, I mean, fun cruiserweight match, it was what yeah. it was.
1: Nunzio was uh, was little Guido, yep, little ECW. Guido at ECW. Um, and, and of course, Juventude and Psychosis and Super Crazy collectively were known as the Mexicos. yeah, which would never fly no, today, ever, no, it no. barely flew then. Barely. I didn't like it then, and I think a lot of people didn't like it then. Um, I mean, they, Tim, they they came to the ring on
0: lawnmowers. I know it's mm,
1: mm. what they did. Yeah, lean in. Oh uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, uh, yeah. So definitely, left, uh, yeah. Not, uh, on a less controversial not open, note, not it is fun to note that all five of the members involved in this this uh match are ecw or were ecw mm-hmm. uh at one mm-hmm. point in their career before ecw was bought by wwe um yeah so that was kind of cool the, the cruiserweight title here
1: though yeah the cruiserweight title here though was it wasn't even an afterthought i mean it's got to be thought of to be an afterthought
0: and well i mean like, it gets I, put in I the barely... cool down
1: spot right uh, yeah, uh, the, Cru- the Cruiserweight titles have never worked in WWE. The the one they have now isn't working. In um, NXT, it's just not working. Uh, they don't put the attention they need to into not only the matches, but the roster necessary mm-hmm. and getting those people over. Nobody in this match was over in WWE. No. Nobody. Uh-uh. The crowd did not care about this. And it has nothing to do with their talent. It was just how they were presented, which essentially they weren't.
0: Well, yeah, because (laughs) they they weren't
1: really presented, except for the the lawnmowers.
0: Yeah, because you go back uh, into the Monday Night Wars with WCW, they did cruiserweights right. They got people. They they got Hooven over. Did better. They got psychosis over. ECW got super crazy. Nunzio got both of our little Guido over. Little Um, Mm Guido. But yeah, in WWE, they never could really grasp what they were doing uh the Mm -hmm. most memorable cruiserweight i guess uh storyline i can that sticks out in my mind from back then is um taka michinoku yeah um yeah he was like the only
1: first champion
0: he was the only one they actually put a little bit of effort into and then after that they were just like well whatever Mm -hmm." you know so yeah yeah but yeah, like I say, it so was in the cooldown. Yeah, six and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some good spots, but again, if you're not presenting and pushing the characters the right way, no one's gonna care. And yeah, yeah. I mean the Mexico the lawnmowers, uh that mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Not 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 good. The not less good. we say
0: about that, the better.
1: I think <laughs> I don't think move. we need to say.
0: Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> To our main event, uh, the champion Butista defending a title against Latino Heat Eddie Guerrero Um, in the main event in his last show. Yeah, and last pay per view, not last last pay per view. -view. Um, Fantastic match. Like I say, I think when we talk about that match of the night, it's between you know this and the Fatal Four Way, and I think this is the Mm -hmm. match of the night. Probably. Yeah. Appropriately that it is the main event uh, went about 19 minutes. Um, great lead up to this match. I love uh, the the story building they had for these two going into this event um, with Eddie kind of going through that change. And was he good? Was he bad? Were him and Batista friends? Was he going to stab him in the back? And um, it was just played so well. The two of them did so well together. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you can't really say enough. The chemistry in the ring between these two is phenomenal. It's off the charts and, uh, yeah, just a great match. You got Batista playing up the back injury, uh, during the match. So we had, you know, some good ring psychology and storytelling in the ring. Um, and then Eddie, you know, picking up the chair, going to hit him, but doesn't. But then Batista's like, you did it. And you know, it's. Just fueled that fire. I, I, I really, really, really like this match.
1: My favorite work from Batista was when he was working with smaller guys. I yeah. preferred that dynamic with him to, to him against another big guy like Undertaker. Um, my, my favorite program he did was as a heel working with Ray. Ray Mysterio. That yeah. that was my favorite Batista thing. But this would probably be my second favorite. The stuff with Eddie, and it might have ended up being my favorite if it gotten to play out to the end. We never we yeah. never got that conclusion. Um, but they they did something that's not always easy to do. They made a large face versus a smaller heel work,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it, it's much easier to do it the other way around. With yes. a larger heel and a smaller face To get the sympathy for the smaller face But they they made it happen And we talked before about Kicking out of finishers And how it's overdone Now it happened here Eddie hit the frog splash for two But he was smart enough to do it in a way That made sense because he hit it early He hit yeah. it early in the match And Batista wasn't worn down enough uh, to, to get the three count So when I say things like There are ways to do the spots you want to do while also having them make sense. That's what I'm talking about. That sort yeah. of thing right there. And, and 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 Batista doesn't win with his finish. Nope. He wins with a spine buster, which is a setup. And so that's more of establishing other ways to win matches and, and making your future matches more exciting because, Oh, he might end it with the spine buster when he hits it. So that's going to be a more convincing two count. So they were putting the thought into what they were doing. And yeah, I agree. It was good.
0: Yeah. And like you say, when you have someone the size of Batista and with that kind of power, it it only makes sense that he could end it at any time with any big power move. Why does it have to be his finisher? Mm -hmm. Um, you know so very well played uh, in this match but yeah I mean you look back Eddie Guerrero was always one of my favorites and just the facial expressions alone that he has in this match even after the match when they kind of have the little you know respect handshake and then Batista turns around and Eddie goes from that kind of scout he kind of that half smirk kind of goes up on his cheek and then Batista turns and he drops it real quick again. I really, really wish we could have seen where this was going to go. Um, yeah, Sadly, we did we, not. We
1: know, we know he wasn't going to win the title. We've learned that in the years since that that was not the, the final destination of this angle. But still, it was good. They worked well together. Um, it, was, it was more than a month after this that Eddie passed. It was November yes. 13th that he passed and this was October 9th. They, there was another pay-per-view but this was when they were doing brand specific pay-per-view. So the right. other pay-per-view was a raw pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. Eddie wasn't on that one. Um, so they had more time and they were, you know, they continued to develop the angle and then it just didn't get the finish. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah. You know what? Speaking of that, and this is kind of just going into a side note, but a thought because we are very brand specific in the current WWE, as far as, you know, keeping things kind of separate, your raw, your SmackDown. Do you think they should go back to that? That way each brand only has so many pay-per-views instead of, cause they, they try to do it, but then we're having, you know, two every month. And I was like, well, why don't we just do, you know, every other month, the build could be better. Mm-hmm. I almost kind of think it might help mm-hmm. the brand separation that they have. Uh, Instead of rushing, okay, we got to have a a, a pay-per-view event for both brands every month. If you split it up, they each get four, because then you have your big four where everybody's going to be in. Survivor Series, SummerSlam, Mania, and Rumble, of course. But then they each get four to themselves. I I think they should go back to that.
1: At this time, at this time in 2005, that's what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how they were doing it every other month. And, um, when they recently did got back into the brand split, like you said, they were doing brand specific pay-per-views, uh, but they were still doing them monthly for each brand. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think that model was a good model. Not only does it give you more time to develop your stories and your characters and get both the stories and the characters over, Characters, if you need to to get them over, if they're not over already, but it also gives more people opportunity to be on a pay per view show. Yes, that aren't necessarily that aren't likely to be on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I I wasn't happy when they went back to dual brand pay per views. Uh, I, I wasn't throwing a fit, but I I preferred it the other way because we were seeing people on pay per view getting a chance to shine that I knew we wouldn't get to see on these dual branded shows.
0: Yeah little tangent there but just kind of stuck in my mind as we were talking about stuff um would love to see him kind of go back to that that formula but um yeah that was no mercy 2005 um any other notes from the show you'd like to throw in there that you think of no this this wasn't my favorite time period
1: of wrestling it wasn't my least favorite either but um I wasn't into a whole lot here, but I definitely liked the, the main event stuff that was going on. Um, the undercard was a little rough for me. Tag team division, a little rough for me at the time.
0: Um, but despite that, the show was not bad. Yeah. Uh, I agree. Um, entertaining, a couple matches, you know, kind of, eh, but all in all, I had fun rewatching this one. really did. It'd been a while. Yeah. Um, But hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. We really appreciate it. We've got uh, some more uh, special episodes and ideas in the pipe. I've got another one in my head that I think uh, for a retro review, we should we should do eventually won't do it. I don't have to do it anytime soon. Um, But um, uh, one of the shows I like to to check out is um, uh, what culture wrestling throw them a shout Simon Mm -hmm. Miller. Uh, He does like retro ups and downs for uh for pay-per-views and shows and stuff and he recently did Mm -hmm. one on the legends or heroes of wrestling pay-per-view if you remember this Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which is lauded as probably the worst pay-per-view in history (laughs) um Mm. and that might be a fun one to try worse sometimes worse than than december to dismember that's what they say that's Mm -hmm. what they say um (laughs) but uh that might be a fun one to do somewhere somewhere down the line. Of course, we have the uh, the suggestion um, that friend of the friend of the show sent in about the evolution of kayfabe. We're definitely going to do that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's coming up. But if you guys have any other suggestions, any other ideas, a specific show you'd like us to to re review, or um, a topic you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, send it to us. You can find us on Twitter at plus wrestlecast. That's P L U S wrestlecast. You can find me at Timothy K. You can find Steven at bizarro doom. You can find us on Facebook at positively wrestling. Just give us a search. Don't forget to like share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, go shop at GameStop, cha-ching, get those ducats and <laughs> <laughs> tune in uh, the next time uh, right here. Um, have a great week, day, life, 2021, whatever. Stay positive, people. That's what we do here on Positively Wrestling.